This episode of The Sleeper and the Bust is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 18, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New for this year, 2017 opening day rosters, historic Negro League integration, run the ultimate what-if scenarios, tournaments, fall leagues, a redesigned injury system, an improved 3D game, real-time presentation, and game highlights, improved player morale, and team chemistry, and so much more. Out of the Park Baseball 18 has the full sleeper in the bust stamp of approval. We all play it and have for years. Even better, if you buy now through the Sleeper in the Bust podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, and just enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout to not only get a discount, but also help support the Sleeper in the Bust, indie sports video game development, and all the people who work to bring you the great game of Out of the Park Baseball 18. Once again, just go to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout for a special discount and to support our show. Guys, I, I'm obsessed with this game. It is so much fun. Um, I played a lot of OTP17. You guys have heard me talk about my Twitch streams, twitch.tv slash peacefor24. I was streaming my 17 franchise over there. I, I, I did a fantasy draft in 1995. I was able to get Ken Griffey Jr., and Pedro Martinez. I don't know what the computer was thinking there, uh, letting letting both of those guys get there. I took Pedro with my first pick, and then and then got Ken Griffey Jr. I haven't started my new eighteen one for um, for streams yet, but I'm going to. And I'm actually just gonna gonna start over. I, I I won the World Series that first year with the with the seventeen team, but I'm gonna start a new one. We'll do the draft at some point soon, so stay tuned for that. But out of the park is is just so much fun. You've heard me talk about. Uh, other baseball video games I like, they're, they're two different experiences. This is the sim, in-depth, management sort of deal, and then the other game is, is playing. So um, I absolutely love this game. One last time, ootpdevelopments.com. Sleeper18 is, is your discount code. Uh, that lets them know that we, that we sent you there, and they give you a little bit of uh, a little bit off the top as well. If you do play the game, let me know. Let me know what you're doing with it. Let me know what, uh, what team you're going with, whether you're starting historically or going from now. Uh, if you do the fantasy draft, hit me up on Twitter, at Spora. I love kind of seeing how people go because it, it doesn't just play out 100% to, to history. Things can change and you can have guys you know you can have a failed prospect that actually pans out for you so i I love seeing that stuff definitely hit me up there um and 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 thanks for supporting the show by by going to ootpdevelopments.com Welcome to episode 453 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, May 4th, Star Wars Day. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Eno Saris. Eno, may the, may, the, may the fourth be with you. <laughs> oh, I don't even get Is it just um, a, a wordplay? Is it just the yes. force and the fourth? Oh, I and was the, like, and, and so it just, it just has grown... Nobody was born on this day. Like nobody knows. I don't Luke's think George Lucas was born. Like I don't think <laughs> Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Guys, I'm not a Star Wars guy at all. So I think it's Boba Fett. I am. Um, but, uh, yeah. No, I. I, I really think it was just, just that. A, 
isn't it making fun of people with a lisp? Should we? Shouldn't we ban again? You know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> fake outrage. Fake outrage. <laughs> I, I just hope that it's not like some way to sell stuff because Star Wars is it not probably is. Help selling. Crap. No, I'm, I guarantee <laughs> you that it's like be paraphernalia one of the most successful. Sites, yeah, right. probably the most. I mean, it's got to be up there. But it, I guarantee you, the sites that like sell that stuff, like eh, it's May the Fourth, ten percent off. Oh, sweet, ten percent off our fifty dollar T shirt. Thanks, guys. You're really hooking it up. Anyway. We're raging out on nothing. I mean, we don't even know what's going on out there. Maybe nobody's taking advantage of it. But you know what? You know, we got pictures to talk about, and you know how excited we get about picture-focused episodes. Even when we do a hitter-focused episode, we find a way to talk about pictures. But we don't have to do that. This this one is all pictures, and we're going to dive in right away because first off, there's a lot to talk about. And uh, peeling the curtain back a little bit, you're on a time crunch. You know, you got you got a hard out, and so plus I'm going to see Guardians too tonight. I got a little bit of a hard out myself. Ooh. So what was that? Uh, what was that a hard what? A hard out. Oh, okay. I believe that's a uh, uh, yeah. like yeah, a radio just, just or TV term. Sure, you know. Just got a hard out over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch my hard yeah, out. Okay. Oh, Relax. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. All so right. here's what we got. We're talking shake fast. It off, shake it off. Starts. We are a month plus in. And now these fast starts are turning into a little bit more in a lot of cases, and we got to kind of assess them. Can't just wipe them away as as two or three starts. Now we're getting into five, six. I don't think anyone's made seven yet. It is still small samples, but some guys are making uh, sharp changes. Other guys are just kind of running hot. So we're going to kind of assess where they're at. I want to get your thoughts on if they've moved up your board. Um, by the way, I don't want to spring this on you. You might not have anything planned, but are you going to do an you know, you know, SP update anytime soon? I need to do one, by the way. I, so just I, just, I shouldn't even be you. asking you. No, I, I, I should. I maybe should. I just, you know what? Maybe we could do a, an episode where we we do it that way because that's what we did with your update. Uh, was when we talked about a bunch of different ones, and you talked. Oh yeah, I moved this guy up. I moved this guy down. Maybe we do yeah. a full episode where we just talk about. It might oh, be useful for me for chats anyway stuff. because people just all asking about that stuff anyway. So, but yeah, I, I might so, do it. It's just uh, you know things are crazy. October's going nuts when we just relaunched with the. Uh, new look or a little bit of a new look and um, you know we're uh, everything and then you know just trying to come up with stuff to write about for baseball and beer every day that's just I'm nuts so um, understandable I, I think, understandable. I, I think maybe, it'd be useful for most people so I will, I hey, will try maybe to. one of those days where you don't have a topic there's your topic I don't know that's I'm, not, I'm not trying to pressure you into it I'm just saying if you don't do it I will well, hate I don't you have that's all tomorrow. I'm saying maybe tomorrow maybe you will maybe you write it right now while we're on the podcast <laughs> and so you have it up by the time I post the podcast, no James, pressure, dude. Th- not to not to take your job from you, but James Paxton. No, no, let's do it. Here we go. James we got three Paxton categories: breakouts. Be, I, you know, honestly. Uh, so the only thing is, is that he used to get injured all the time. He did. He did. It so we can't has, forget that. I think last year. just on talent, I think he might be an ace. I think he might be a, a top two. Uh, a top 20 at least, uh, maybe top 15, maybe top 10 if I really sat down and looked at it because a lot of guys like Jake Arrieta, John Lester, some of those guys. Well, the thing is, here. guys have fallen. Exactly. exactly. you got yeah. two major injuries right now with Thor and, and Bumgarner. Like, things have changed. Not only is, is Paxton moving up, but th- you know, guys have fallen uh, around him as well. Before we, I give you some numbers on him, we're going to do breakouts, guys, uh, veteran resurgence, 
and uh, some non-skill-based hot starts, some some guys that are kind of like just running hot. They're not necessarily changed. Breakouts are first, and James Paxton is the first one. So we're looking at him. He was a huge sleeper for just about everybody coming into the season, right? We were, we were very excited about him. We weren't the only ones, and it's panning out. He's got 37 and two-thirds innings with a 143 ERA, .98 whip, 30% strikeout rate, 7% walk rate. The FIP is at 153. That's only It's only 10 points higher than his ERA, so that's saying like – you know, a lot of what we're seeing is, uh, you know, true that with, with regards to the ERA, the skills are supporting it. And you're talking maybe top 20 for James Paxton. I think I'm with you. Um, and you said maybe top 10. Uh, again, I'm not holding you to that because you're not doing a list. In well, I, I, right I now, said that but... on talent. I said that on a talent. Um, and I think yes. you probably and then you have would to factor have to, in. I think you'd have to step off of, you know, uh, you know, Zips has him down for another 106. Because that would still get him to his career high in innings. Well, in 2013, between two levels, he managed 169. So, but um, you know, Steamer and depth charts have him going past his his career high, which is totally possible. I mean, you know, there is a time when people you know blow past their past their their you know their career highs in the past, and maybe this arm slot. The whole thing comes from his arm slot. You know, he yep. changed his arm slot, and he said what he said subjectively. You know, to me about it was, you know, when you pick this up, you know, they had me pick it up and just throw it. And when you w- this way feels natural. This way is the way I would throw it to first base, you know. And so, you know, maybe that's been part of his injuries is that he's had this more over the top delivery that was somehow not natural and was and was causing these other injuries. But either way, you have a guy who uh, has been injured a lot in the past, so I think it'd be folly to project him into two hundred innings. So it, it, it's just too tough to do that with James Paxton, like you said, because. Of the injuries last year's one twenty one was a was a career high in the majors, but a buck eighty, you know that that would be really nice. You know, I think even one hundred and seventy at this point, um, you know, could still yield a pretty excellent season. Now you're putting a, a burden on the rest of his numbers for for a, a one hundred and seventy inning season to be top ten. But I remember a couple of years Chris Sale when he would gotten hurt, I think he threw like one hundred and seventy three innings. And he was the number six, uh, 174 innings back in 2014. He was the number six overall pitcher. He had a 30% strikeout rate, 6% walk rate, right in line with what we're seeing out of James Paxton. So again, it puts the burden on him to kind of keep everything up. Uh, but 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 if that happens, we could certainly see still a top six season, and we could get the dream season, right? He could stay healthy. Big Maple could stay healthy. By the way, great nickname. Very excited about uh, that big maple nickname maple. that Scott Service gave him. For those of you that don't know, he is Canadian and he's six four two thirty five. So big maple definitely works. Uh, let me give you some either ors right now, since uh, we like to we like to do that. That's a good way to kind of get an idea of where we're at on guys. And uh, you mentioned a few guys, so I'll I'll, I'll test you right away, like uh, Jake Arrieta or James Paxton. I didn't realize that Jake Arrieta was striking so many people out. His skills have been there, um, despite you know the the potential velocity issues. And I say potential just because it's so up in the air right now with all the velocity stuff. It doesn't really seem like it would be wrong, and that his velocity is fine. But I just don't know how much to make of it. His skills are actually better than last year. They look a lot like 2015 for Arietta. 28% strikeout rate, 6% walk rate, but 1.5 homers. 
Um, you know, his left on base rate isn't the sky high rate that he's seen in past years at 69%. Not nice. Uh, 333 batting average on balls in play. Continues you know, to use the slider less. Where's that defense that was supposed to keep all their Cubs with a, with a you know, 150 yeah, bat? Yeah. So um, for me, it's an easy yes while, while, while you marinate. Yeah. Oh, we mean Paxton or Arietta? Yeah. Yeah, Paxton. I was I was off Arietta coming into the season, right? So uh, nothing's necessarily changed for me. Yeah. Oh, hang on, we're getting a, we're getting a maintenance visit here. Hello. Yes. Maintenance just coming in my apartment. All right. Now they were giving me my uh, my new lease. Dropping it off so I can sign it. So I'm leaving that in, y'all. I'm not editing that. Uh, out. You, guys get, you guys get to see what happens when, when someone just comes into my how apartment. The sausage is made. Yeah, yeah. There right. you go. Anyway, I'm going to saying... go with. It, see, because Arietta didn't have like a history of uh, of great health, you know, outcomes until 2015. That, that here's the thing. Paxton could be the next Arietta, right? Yeah. Because labored a little bit from staying healthy, as you mentioned. Um, I, I think that the skills that we were seeing from Paxton were a little bit better in those smaller samples, but health was just such a challenge. Now, age 28, could we have the first first breakout, which is when we saw it out of Arietta? Then, of course, he has the Cy Young season. He had a solid year last year. It's hard to sneeze at 197 innings of a 310 ERA, so... I'm I'm taking the newer version here. I'm going Paxton. Let me. I wanted to look at something here. The away and home numbers. I've never so heard anybody put away first. They usually say home and away. Right. Like away right, and right. home. I like well, it. I like it. Uh, yes. I see. I, but see. I'm looking at his game log, and I'm seeing the Who's away this? numbers Arietta first. You're looking Arietta. At or, uh, maybe. Okay. So there's a possibility that. The Chicago velocities are low. That is a possibility because two of his three lowest velocities on the year came in Chicago. If you eliminate Chicago, he's averaging 93 by Brooks. And he spent last year averaging 94, 95. Oh, and so there, there's an issue with Wrigley right now, right? With possibly, regards to their yeah. velocity possibly being... Yeah. Um, so he might be down. Others. He might be down one tick. So if he, he might be down one tick, if he's down one tick, it's not that big a deal. But it, you know, uh, velocity is often you know, velocity being down is often a uh, an indicator of of injury. And mm-hmm. just the way he's pitching and the fact that he's been injured in the past, it's it's close. I, I I'll, okay, I'll take Paxton. I don't want to hem and haw. I, I'll take Sweet. Paxton. I would say it's pretty close. That, that's fair, and I, I agree too. Even though I'm definitively going with with Paxton, I'm not I'm not going to have Arietta too far behind. I, I don't I don't want to make it sound like it's a it's a ten fifteen. If point I, yeah, or, it might not actually change that much. I had Arietta like fourteen or something. Uh, going yeah, into it's going to be so. more moving Paxton up, up for me as yeah. opposed to really downing because I was already like I said a little bit lower on Arietta and and low within like the upper reaches. Right, it's not like I had Arietta fiftieth. 
I'm just worried about him making it through the entire season. The skills are there. Uh, I think that 463 ERA is going to come down. If you are a believer in Arietta, you should probably go out and buy him because, like I said, you got the base skills. Might be down a tick. Not as bad as the two or three ticks is what it looked like early on. You might have a buying opportunity. Strikeout minus no. walk percentage is still the like best one number thing to look at. The, the only thing that I would good. say is the other one, one best thing to look at, especially when you're looking at changes in performance, is velocity. So. Velo. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it, it, it kind of cuts both ways right now with him, but uh, with Arietta. So we got to move on, though. Paxton, we're high on. We're still high on. Loving him. Uh, Dylan Bundy is a guy that we, we've talked a lot about this season, and it's been an interesting season already. Just through six starts, he's kind of, you know, gone up and down a little bit like started off really hot had had people kind of questioning him a little bit with with some good outings but only a couple strikeouts his like last three outings he's gone three strikeouts three strikeouts two strikeouts but that's boston tampa at boston right that that that's not an easy and boston is like the lowest lowest uh he's seen him three times three and times they, they strike out less than anybody i think Three, three, and two against him, and and yet he's survived though. He's only given up five earned in uh, in twenty and a third innings. So that I think speaks really well. But you look at it right now. Yes, uh, Boston strikes out sixteen point five percent of the time, and against. Well, th- this is interesting though because Boston strikes out less, least in the league at sixteen point five percent, and the Rays strike out the most in the league at twenty six percent. So Dylan Bundy has seen the most and the least, and even against Tampa, he struck out three. So mm-hmm. I, 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 we've we've put people on a Bundy roller coaster, and I apologize for that. Sometimes you know people it happens. You know I'm still closer to the last episode than I was to the first time that we got so so excited about him. I'm closer to selling because yes, his velocity did rebound uh, in the last game back to his average for this year. However, the velocity in general has not rebounded to where it was before. And so what we're talking about here is a guy who has average velocity for a righty. I would not give him precise command. I would not give him great command. So let's say average command, maybe slightly better. And, you know, he does have certain things that work for him, like a rising fastball that lead to uh, infield fly balls. And that's something that you would want to add to um, any strikeout total. However, if you remember, Wei Yin Chen had the same sort of skill set. And, and, and now that you're at 91.5 or 92 for Dylan Bundy and he's a righty, then it's actually pretty close to Wei Yin Chen. And Wei Yin Chen had like seven strikeouts per nine, you know, two walks per nine, and had those big, uh, big fly ball totals and was underrated. However, we're not talking about Dylan Bundy as an underrated guy that you can go pick up and get innings out of. We're talking about Dylan Bundy that has reached star level. So I'm selling Dylan Bundy as a star because the velocity is down, the injury history is there, and the strikeouts aren't there. I know there are these mitigating factors about his rising fastball, the you know the pop-ups and stuff. I'm still selling it. Dylan Bundy or Michael Pineda? Pineda. Hey. Mm. Over under fifty times a chat, someone asks you to change your mind on him. Oh, um, if I go more than ten minutes in my chat, over. <laughs> if I have longer than a ten-minute chat, so have you over. changed your mind on him? No, 
<laughs> Still getting up 1.6 homers per nine. Exactly. Like, this is the uh, most Pineda season ever. And he's just on the hot end right now. And until he starts bringing down the homers uh, or the hits, no. You, you, you got a ticking time bomb here, y'all. An eight earned run outing is coming. And it's just kind of what you deal with with him. Now, if, if Pineda can extend the run, then the, the obviously the eight earned run outing is going to hurt less, and he could end up with an, a high threes ERA this year, even a mid threes. But no, I don't think he's. He's, he's that some classic new guy. thing that we talked about where you won't know that it's a good Pineda season until it's too late. Correct. Because be Babip and home runs per nine are kind of the problems, even exit velocity. Here's the thing about exit velocity. People have been asking me, should we be using exit velocity to, to examine pitchers? The problem with it is it, it becomes stable after 50 or 60 balls in play. So, you know, most of these guys, it's become stable. That means it, it's useful to look at. However, whereas more balls in play makes it more predictive for hitters, so basically as you approach you know, 300 balls in play or whatever. Once you start getting up there, you really start having this 80 and 90% correlation, you know, where it really mm-hmm. predicts the rest of the season. For pitchers, it just stays around 50%. So No matter what. It's this weird thing where the, the, the R squared or whatever, the, the correlation between exit velocity now and later in the season is somewhat meaningful now, but it doesn't get any more meaningful as you see more balls in play, which means to mm-hmm. me that, like, you know, pitchers change all the time. They add pitches. They change their approach. They do this. They do that. They get healthy. So, you know, I I think that it's a little bit early in our research and a little bit early in in exit velocity as a thing for us to be using it for pitchers. I think Kyle Hendricks is a good example of that. And Pineda, even I don't even I'm not even really going to look at it right now for him because it could be good now and then he could start throwing some dick shots and it could be it could be bad in in a couple weeks. So. Um, I, I tend to agree with you, actually. I, I'm a little surprised. I used to be a very much a strikeout minus walk fascist. And, um, you know, it's just not true that it works for everyone. You know, he's thrown at 9%, the curveball 9%, and he has no velocity concerns. So that's that's a little feather in his cap. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, given how little we know about Bundy, I might actually take Pineda. And the reason I don't really have to change on on Pineda is because I wasn't for 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 as you know as much as I kind of talked down on him uh, at different times when you when you stacked it up I wasn't even that low on him uh, when I when when we had our rankings come out like I wasn't anywhere near the lowest because I was still acknowledging that there is you know there's still some some good stuff I just. He's not that top 30, top 25 guy that, that these skills would normally put, portend with a 32% strikeout rate, 4% walk rate for Pineda. So, um, yeah, I, I take him over Bundy, though, too. Uh, let me get let me go down a little bit more here on a couple others. Um, what about Drew Pomeranz, who's, who's quietly been doing doing some things out there in Boston, getting his, getting his strikeouts going. Health, obviously, a major concern no, I- with him as well. I'll take Bundy there because Pomerantz has two pitches. I don't quite believe in his cutter, uh, and he's not really even throwing it right now. So 
Um, there's that. There's the fact that Pomerantz has his own uh, injury history. He hadn't, I don't think Certainly. he, well, he had, no, yeah, one year he'd gone over 100 innings before last year. So, and, and we saw how last year ended. We know the whole story with the Padres and how they, they were possibly covering up, um, you know, issues with his health. Shady. And, yeah, so I, I will take Bundy there. But, you know, I think it's instructive to see how far Bundy has come up mm-hmm. and also to consider those names as possible returns for your Bundy plus a hitter for Pomerantz plus a hitter or, certainly, you know, Bundy for Pineda with hitters around the side. So, uh, I, and, I, and I never offer a two-for-one to me ever again. And never offer a two-for-one to someone else. Always make sure it's a two-for-two. Even if you're, uh, even if you are just doing it as a two-for-one and you well, will drop the other guy, anyway. yeah. you, you have to show them what the, you're better than, what the player you're giving them is better than, right? You have mm-hmm. to show them the value. Even, it's, it's, not, it's, it's like kind of it's courtesy, you know? It's like, here's the guy I think you'll drop, and this is my second guy is, is way better than that second guy, you know? So, um, I like it. I like that's it. why uh, that's why we talk about those those secret two for ones, those two two for twos. Dylan Bundy or our next guy, Luis Severino. Yeah. Let me give you some information on on the uh, the latest Michael Pineda because he's he got a lot of similarities to his teammate there. Twenty eight percent strikeout rate, five percent walk rate in thirty two and two thirds innings, en route to a three eighty six ERA. Uh, 0.95 whip man that's so pineda e with the uh low whip and and uh higher era because of 1.7 homer per nine he did have the uh the one just smash job these numbers would look a lot better without that without that bad outing five innings or uh, five yeah. two-thirds five runs against toronto he, he actually it's kind of bookended that way he's got three starts in the middle that were brilliant against tampa bay the white Sox, and at boston and then uh five innings four runs on his debut against at boston Baltimore, five and two-thirds, five runs against Toronto, his last time out. Um, I'm not really too worried about a, a few bumps out of Luis Severino, though I, I think that's expected out of somebody who's 23 years old. Looks like he's taken some steps forward, though, last year, building or this year, building on some of the stuff from the last two years when he wasn't as good as the uh, 289 of, of 2015 ERA, and I don't think he's as bad as the 583 ERA of last year. So where are you on Luis Severino and who would you take between uh, Severino and Bundy? It's funny with with Pineda upping his changeup usage to nearly ten percent. You know him and Severino have a lot in common. Um, I, I I've seen I've seen some improvement in Severino's changeup, and I think that long term he has more upside than Pineda because he's trusted that changeup more. And the changeup has good movement, and he—I don't think that his command issues are maybe as bad. I've seen Severino do some interesting things with inside fastballs, uh, inside inside breaking balls, where he can kind of make people's legs buckle. Um, whereas to me, Pineda is a little bit more like, you know, you're screwed if you have to swing. So he's just trying to get you know just like desperately trying to get ahead so that he can get to throw that slider more uh, Severino is a little bit more I think a little bit more heady a little bit more command so I will uh, take Severino over Pineda uh, long term right now uh, an interesting thing about the changeup is that 
you know, the change up in the slider as far as they as far as they've come, um, you know, the change up this year is getting two percent whiffs. You know, forty nine thrown is not a lot. That's a that's a pretty bad number. You'd expect to have more. It's getting sixty percent ground balls and it hasn't given up a home run, which is part of why Pineda is doing well. But if you're gonna go up against lefties and look at this. His slider gets six percent whiffs against lefties. His changeup gets two percent whiffs against lefties. Yeah, his four seam gets ten percent whiffs, and that's nearly twice the normal. But his home, you know, he gives up a ton of homers to lefties on four seams and sliders. So he's kind of, you know, like a one and a half pitch pitcher against lefties. Mm-hmm. So I'll take Bundy in that situation. Um, so you'll take wait, you'll take. I'll take Severino, Severino. over Pineda long term. Long term keeper okay. league. I, I'm excited about Severino in that way. Uh, gotcha. Because he's made he's made strides. Like Pineda, Definitely. kind of is who he is. Severino has more ceiling because he's made strides with regards to the slider. It got better over the course of last year and this year. He's trusting the changeup more this year. It gets ground balls. There's some good things there. I I believe in him uh, long term, and I would acquire him in a dynasty league. However, okay. er, for this year, I think it goes Pineda. Uh, what did I said Bun- did I say? yeah Pineda Bundy Severino. Charlotte disagrees. Right. <laughs> Severino. And for you, uh, it goes Bundy. For me, Pineda Severino goes, or Bundy uh, Severino no, Pineda? P- Pineda's actually. For, I'm taking Pineda over Bundy. Okay. So I got you Pineda. Too. Man, Severino and Bundy. I think Pineda, Bundy, Severino okay. for this year. That's going to be close. That's subject to change, Joe. When I when I find I mean, it, put my update. It's really list. interesting that Severino's so throwing ninety six on average, and Bundy's down at ninety one and a half. That and that's the thing. Our, our last two talks about Bundy, I'm on the sell train as well. Like I totally get selling because I think that the name and the, and the early stats are going to draw. Uh, you know, they're going to fetch a mint, and I want to get that mint. I mean, one so, of the biggest um, one of the biggest sources of park factors for home runs is. Is temperature. Baltimore is the hottest or second hottest uh, park in the league uh, on average, which I think would surprise some people. And we right. haven't gotten to the hot months, and the ball is still juiced. And, um, yeah, obviously Bundy's going to be pitching half of his games there, and, and we'll see how many Severino has to. He already, he already threw one. He got one out of the way at Baltimore, but he's not going to have to pitch nearly as many as Bundy there. So I think I'm going to switch. I'm going to go Severino. I'm going to go the two Yankees and then Bundy, mm-hmm. but Severino and Bundy will be close. I mean, right, they, let's move you, on. It's also interesting from a home run's perspective that you have Bundy at the .45 homers now. Is he gonna, He's probably going to regress the other way. Steamer says he's going to give up 1.5 homers going forward. Well, and I, I think he's going to give up he might. maybe not one and a half, but I think it's going to be over one. Right. Like I, I think that that's, that's pretty easy. Yes, he does get the, uh, the, the pop-ups with his fly ball rate, Bundy does, but some of those aren't going to be – like he's a fly ball guy. Yeah. So I think that there is just going to be uh, a home run, a home run spike there in the, in the winter, or in the winter, in the summer. And obviously, let's hope that nobody's on base. And those are more solo shots. But I, I, I do think, in terms of like bottom falling out, Bundy's Bundy's a big risk there too. Um, 
because even even when Pineda is going to have that t- terrible start, you know he's going to bounce back with like three starts of of you know, seven innings, oh one earned run God. each. Like we we don't so know how Bundy will bounce back. On him. It's impossible, and you can't time it either. You're going to sit him against some great Just team at Boston. At Boston, he's going to throw a no hitter, and then you're going to be like, oh cool, San Diego uh, with Will Myers on the DL coming across country for the Yankees, uh, and he's going to get shelled for eight runs in two innings. Like that's that's the Pineda experience. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going Severino just a little bit over Bundy right now. These next three guys are in the in the kind of breakout category right now. One's kind of a re-breakout. They're, they're a cut below here, though. The first three guys, so it's like Paxton, jump down, Bundy, Severino, jump down, Patrick Corbin, Chase Anderson, Andrew Triggs. Guys that we have talked about. Oh. Chase Anderson, a guy that Yeah, I was about you, to say, of the guys we've talked about so far, nope. <laughs> yeah, you, a noob. <laughs> you, you, you've turned us on to Chase Anderson a long time ago. Um, Andrew Triggs was somebody that you talked about last year and this year. Corbin, you say flat out nope. Let's go ahead and get him out of the way then. Well, not, I, I, would, I think they're great. They're great to do in tandem because of the three, there's only one of them that has a new pitch, and it's Chase, right? That's it's right. Anderson. Chase Anderson. Yeah, he That's has your boy man. He has a cutter, and I suppose that. I think it could be uh, an interesting addition um, just because, you know, he, he's one of these guys that can manipulate his changeup a little bit and can give you the changeup and then the, looks. then the further changeup, like can pronate a little mm-hmm. bit harder. Um, but uh, for whatever reason, the curveball, I mean, the curveball wasn't enough along with the changeup. I, I don't know why, but I think it could be that velocity band thing where the curve and the change are both like, you know, 80 and then the fastball is, you know, 92, 93. And so, you know, there was one thing that Manny Machado said when I was doing the piece about seeing the ball out of the hand. He said, you know, I look for fastball. And I couldn't get him nailed down, like, what that means. But I do think that you have that first 10 feet or something. And I do think that you might be able to get some sense. Maybe high spin rate is harder to see. But, you know, with regular fastballs, you get some sense of which one's a fastball and which one's not. So maybe with Chase Anderson, you got that, you know, at 92, 93, you're like, oh, okay, that's a fastball. Or, nope, you know, it's a, uh, it's a change or a curve. And, um, and maybe with the cutter just slotting in right in between, uh, you, you, ha- you make it harder on them to, to sit in one place and you kind of get them rocking back and forth. In terms of outcomes on the single pitches, like it looks really nice right now. The changeup, average whiffs, uh, not great ground balls, but you know he's getting those whiffs and tons of pop-ups on it. The curve, above average whiffs, great ground ball rate, and the cutter now, just really good whiffs. And the four seam is getting 11% whiffs, which is great for his velocity. So, um, you know, I, you know he's got rise on the four seam. He's got uh, a lot of lateral movement on the sinker. It's Anderson still, right? Yeah, I mean, it, sure. if you just look at the numbers and you take the name, like the numbers of his pitches and their movements and stuff, if you just take all that off, he looks like a very solid pitcher. And yeah. um, I mean, hey, I, I, I gotta give you credit, man. You were on this guy early. He added a pitch. He's, t- he's taking himself to another level. You, I remember you, you still had him as like a four or five guy. You were never saying that he was going to be a stud. 
but he adds a pitch. He's looking better. I mean, is he jumping a level now? Is this somebody that is Chase Anderson, somebody that you want? It's hard to and, go all the way because the, one of the major – then if you zoom back out and you go back to the t- traditional metrics, the thing that really stands out is that he's cut his home run rate. And that's just not one of those things you can believe in in a small sample. 3% home run for fly ball rate, you know. Um, you know, .30 home runs for nine. It's like if he does this all season – then you're excited and you're super happy and you got him. But most likely he doesn't do this all season. So and then the question becomes how far do you regress his home run rate? Because Yeah, how much do you push it? Because, I mean, the past years it's been an issue, right? Yeah. 1.3 coming into the year, 13% homer to fly ball rate. He's been a home run uh, prone sort of guy, has Chase Anderson. He's in Milwaukee. He goes from Arizona to Milwaukee. There's no you know d- d- doubly bad parks there with those two. Um, you know, but the way say- he pitched – yeah, you included him in a great piece where you're like, wait, this guy isn't a lefty. Yeah, because yeah. like he had so many lefty traits, sink up sinkers. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, he's my number one. I understand one the concern. I lefty. I, I think I, you. Could, I understand the concern about the uh, the home runs, but but like twelve team mix, like how 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 I think you could regress his home run rate to that 2015 rate where he had one point oh six, and I know okay, twenty fifteen is sort work. of where the the explosion home runs happened. But yes, there are there are other guys that you know have that sort of one point one home runs per night. It's a, that's a sustainable level for a lot of guys. So um, you know if you regress to that, then you know you can you can give him um, according to the projections, you can give him a four ERA with a you know kind of one point three WHIP. But you know if he pairs that with the better command from that year which is possible because he's throwing more fastball-type things, right? The cutter is a fastball. Mm-hmm. Then then I think you might be able to get a 3.75. That's as far as I'm about to push it. This is as far as I can push it. 3.75, okay. you know, 1.25. Um, okay. You know, it's just... Uh, so it's, that's, that's, tw- that's, that's borderline like streaming. Matt. You know, though, we kind of have to recalibrate a little bit because the ball is flying out of the park. And I don't know if anybody's noticed and, how hard it is to find pitching. That I think it could injuries. be a mix. Yeah, and injuries. I think that could be a mixed league viable pitcher. I think it's probably a five in mixed leagues. Um, okay. But it is a guy you could pick up and put on your on your on your roster. And I think he's probably a little bit more playable when he gets away from home. So. Excellent. Not that I, not Excellent. that I'm looking right. at his splits. I'm just saying, you know, the park the park in in Milwaukee is a tough one. Okay. That sounds good. Um, just, just the other guys, you know, Patrick Corbin never had a change and uh, doesn't now, and he he pitches in um, in Arizona, which I mean, he succeeded there before. But like you said, it was really like one half of amazingness, and you know the rest of the time he's been around a four guy. So mm-hmm. you know, I think he meanders back toward that. Yeah, and without you know a new pitch to say. Maybe we need to regress him to a different baseline. You know, I can't even I can't even look at his at his changeup right now and be like, oh yeah, he believes it. He does not throw in it more than he threw it before. It doesn't look any better. Um, you know, the velocity gap is slightly better, but not really that much better. So, uh, I I think um, I think he's going to be a four one point three guy, and I'll put him behind Triggs. I think is actually impossible. I have no idea where to put him. He's very interesting. He throws from a slot that should get beat up by lefties. He's got that kind of roogie slot uh, where he's kind of a side-arming righty. 
He throws a cutter and a slider and nothing else in terms of non-fastballs. So you'd is think this Triggs? This is Triggs, yeah. You'd think sorry, sorry, I missed the changeover. No, I, and we should tell people this is Triggs. <laughs> Andrew Triggs now Andrew, uh, for Oakland. This is Andrew Triggs uh, that I'm speaking 184 about. 184 ERA so far with a .92 whip, 18%, no. 19% strikeout rate, 5% walk. Really good home park, better than the other two. Uh, Definitely. Better projections, probably possibly based on that park, and um, has been really sort of amazing and has a history of suppressing home runs, like all the way through the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. So never, never close to a, a 1.0 mark. Like the highest that he ever had was with the Royals back in 15 at double a, a 0.6. Yeah. There, there are like repeated stops of zero. Yeah. 61 innings in 15, zero, oh my gosh, 18 yeah. and a third innings at triple a last year, zero, um, you know, 60 and a third innings of high a back in 2013, 0.15. Well, yeah. Another way of saying it is between, uh, three levels in two years, 2015 and 2016, he gave up five home runs um, over 79 innings. Nope, uh, more than that, 79, uh, 80, 130. 130 innings, five home runs. So, uh, yeah, so that's why the projections don't have him giving up a lot of home runs. At the same time, you'd think that lefties would hit him better, would start hitting him for home runs. And right now, it's lefties who have a .138 WOBA against him, and righties have the .294 WOBA. So, you know. Yeah, because if you haven't seen his delivery, he shows it to funk. lefties for a while. Funk. Yeah, exactly. It is funkalicious, yeah. for sure. Righties, it looks like, you know, it's coming out of their, their ear hole. But, oh, uh, yeah, yeah lefties, they're tough. looking at it. But, you know, it's a ton of, it's a ton of uh, a sink. Uh, as you usually get when you're when you're a guy like that, so I think that'll keep the home runs. the The floor is highest for Triggs. The floor is highest for Triggs. The ceiling is a little bit higher for Chase. I think I will take Triggs um, just because he seems to be pitching pitching right at his ceiling. And what if lefties don't figure him out? <laughs> okay. So you'll take Trig. You'll go Triggs, Chase, Corbin, yeah. Triggs, Anderson, Corbin. I gotta stop calling Chase like that's his last name. Yeah. People are gonna be looking for a guy last name Chase. I can't find him. Chase was very uh, nice right. to me. I once uh, called him. Oh, who did I get him mixed up with? Shelby Miller or somebody? And he's like, I'm Chase Anderson. And I said, Oh, I know, I know, I know. Oh, <laughs> the Diamondbacks. Yeah. That's hilarious. Somebody else. That's hilarious. I was like, I remember. We talked, and he's like, I know you remember, but. You get my name right, basically. <laughs> you call me the wrong name, dude. You call me Randy Johnson. I don't look anything like Randy Johnson. <laughs> Just because he pitched for the Diamondbacks, that's, I'm not Brandon Webb. Stop. All right, so All veteran right, resurgers. These guys, Red, you know, these guys, the first two are useful. Are useful. There's, you know, there's no way that they're not useful, right? Yes. The next two are like the big question marks. So let's pair the first two together. Dallas Keuchel, Zach Greinke, bouncing back, looking great. Keuchel, really back to that, to that, top form in terms of the movement on his stuff at least from what i'm seeing you can tell me on the movement numbers if they back it up but like the 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 highlights and the game um the rewatch archive games that i've been watching holy crap i mean it's falling off the table it's dropping late he's getting guys to chase again that was an issue last year um when they weren't when they weren't going out of the zone quite as much it's back up a little bit I mean, it looks, it looks pretty nasty, and he's back to not going in the zone as much either, 36% I know, uh, after amazing. having to jump in the zone how does he 42% get people, last year. How does he get Because it looks keep... great for so long. Yeah. And then it, at least, from again, from what I'm seeing, I've only watched yeah. 
one full start, couple condensed games, and then highlights on you know quick pitch when he starts. But it looks like the 14-15 version of Keuchel, where it looks great. Oh, here comes an 89-mile-per-hour cookie. No, falls off the table because that two-seamer, even just the two-seamer, has such disgusting movement. Then you got the slider, you got the cutter. Uh, the changeup is, is, is looking good. I mean, the, the skills aren't over the top right now. In fact, they're really in line with last year. Uh, 21%, 7% last year for the strikeout and walk. This year it's 22 and 7. So just a, like one tick up on the strikeout. 99% rate. strand rate, 186 yep. Babbitt. Yep. So, I mean, everything's working well for him right now, too, in addition to pitching well. You know, How I think, sold are you on the Keiko resurgence? I think, I'll just say this I think the projections know him well. You know? I think the projections mm-hmm. know him well. He's had the same velocity now for three years running, basically. And. Yes, it's really weird that he throws balls out of the zone, but he hasn't really changed from that too much. You know, I think he's finagled Just last a little year bit when they his, kind of forced him. Yeah, th- then he threw more first pitch strikes. I think that was a little bit of what he did was come in the zone and on first pitches hurt. more. And he was hurt, right? Uh, and the projections have him as a, a 3 5, uh, 1.2 guy with, you know, 7 8 strikeouts per nine. And so. And that's exactly what I thought he was last year. Like, I was. When, yeah. when he got hurt. I was like, well, that you, you add on a little bit for the injury, but I, I that's kind of what I thought he was was a mid a mid threes guy, with depending on how the luck goes with you know um, left on base rate uh, and the BABIP and you know how 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 well he runs, how the defense supports him, how lucky he gets. There's m- multiple factors. He could be a low threes again for Keuchel. Yeah, I think the projections have him as well, and you know, Granky and Keuchel actually. Like in terms of projections, uh, sorry, I just I, I jumped ahead. Zach Greinke is the other. No, 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 no. We we, we you, paired him okay, together. We paired him together. Yeah. So Greinke, um, you know, I think projections also know him well. I think he had a tough year adjusting to Arizona. Won't quite admit it to me, but you know, he gave up. Actually, I even brought it up again the last time I saw him, and he was like, well, "It wasn't just the slider, dude." You know, when he, when I said, you know, what about the humidor and the slider and stuff? So um, he he thought he lost his command a little bit last year. I think he's got it back. I know his velocity is down a little bit, um, but we're not talking about a guy who was 95 who's now 93. We're talking about a guy who was 91 who's now 91-ish, you know, just on the other side of it, basically. Um, and uh, maybe it's a little bit lower because um, because of the stupid... Let me, let me look what Brooks has for velocity because the pitch effects velocity is a little messed up. They're they're all, they're all trying to fix this too, which is uh, you know it's an interesting like thing going on. Like on the going, fly, right? Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Um, but here we go. Last year, 92s. Okay, might have lost a full tick. Might have lost more than a full tick. On Brooks, he was 92 plus all last year, and this year so far is 90.9. Um, mm. So he's lost more than a tick. That's not exciting. But it's also still in that sort of 91, 92 range where, you know, I don't think there's a lot to be gained in there. I think it's mostly when you get past 94, uh, when you start getting somewhere. I'm encouraged by his walk total going down again. Um, and, um, you know, he's doing all of this with traditional numbers that are worse than, than Keiko's in terms of the things that you normally regress. His BABIP is high. Uh, his strand rate is a little bit high, but it's not 99% like Keiko's. So, uh, and then I think I trust uh, Granky to strike more batters out. 
and he has been 26 percent that's actually a career high right now and there is a 13 percent swinging strike rate which is also a career high to kind of back it up so the those things have gone up together and the walk rate is down a, a tick as well from six percent last year to five percent this year for Granky. so he's got factors really working in his favor um and not just you know, BABIP and, and left on base rate. In fact, the left on base rate's high, but the BABIP is actually 323. He's got a 1.2 homer per nine. So there are even some concerning factors within Granky. But I understand the line that you're going on where you kind of trust him a little bit more, especially with the strikeout uh, and walk ratios, right? Yeah. And it's interesting to see. He's always told me that he thinks his, his sinker is, is not a good pitch. Uh, but this year, he's thrown the sinker again. And uh, it, it's one of those pitches that actually, because his, his four-seamer has rise, the, it, it works in tandem with the four-seamer. And he's just thrown the, he's thrown the, the two-seamer away from lefties, and uh, it, it's effective. Um, so, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know, you know, why they're not expecting it so much, but they're not making a ton of contact on it, and, um, and they're reaching for it, and it's been a, an effective thing for him. So... Uh, there's a little bit of a, a, a wrinkle in how he's attacked hitters. He's throwing the slider and the curve more, and he's and he's uh, and throwing that sinker more. So, and, and just in general, you know, he looks a little better now. Who's he faced? Because I know he yeah, was he in faced. San Diego. I will tell you. Uh, he's faced San, home, San Diego Colorado. six times. That's crazy. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, San Francisco, Cleveland, at the Dodgers, at the Padres, home to the Padres. And then home to Colorado. That's well, where, that's Granky's start. Yeah, I think he's a little bit more. I think he's a little bit more like this San Francisco guy. Five innings, four strikeouts, two walks, two runs. Because you know the San Diego starts, he had 17 strikeouts against one walk in 14 innings. So uh, he's definitely feasted a little bit on San Diego. Ah oh, man. Okay, Keuchel has a higher floor than Granky. Keiko has a higher floor than Granky, okay? Right. Because Because he's yes. the sinker uh, baller, uh, maybe younger. has better natural command. He showed up on, on command stats that I've done as number one a couple times. So Yes, repeatedly. Yeah, right? yeah. so okay. I'll, I'll take Keiko. I think floor. I agree with that. And Park, um, that, that, that dime. Well, what about the humidor, though? Yeah. Does that change your outlook? Is it actually like, coming, of, or are they just talking about I, it? That I can't. I'm with you. I, I can't get a, a read. I, I've heard people talk about it like it's definitively coming. Yeah. I don't know for certain. If you guys have a link, hit us on Twitter, um, and then we'll, we'll we'll follow up next. But I think the ceiling ceiling goes to Granky because he has a strikeout. So okay, um, so so we'll we'll do that. We'll go Keiko floor, Granky ceiling. I I can get behind that. I agree. I think that actually helps to clear it up because if you need a pitcher that is going to be really good and turn your season around. Um, then I would probably go by Granky because he might be cheaper and his ceiling is better. But you know, if you own Keuchel and it's okay if he you know you know steps off of where he is because you just need to have a, you know a good guy in your middle. That's why you bought him, right? Then mm-hmm. then you know don't necessarily need to sell him. You know he could still be a fine three point four, three point five, three point six guy going forward. So um, you know I don't and selling Keuchel right now is so obvious. You know. I think that's if true. you're trying but to sell them as an ace, be buyers. yeah, maybe, maybe not at the ace level, but I mean, there will, there will be some buyers out there that are, you know, psyched that he's back and, and, and looks so good. So, you know, that, that's, that'll be interesting. <laughs> Look at this tweet other... we got. We haven't even published this yet, but we just got a tweet about the humidor. That's just weird. 
With the humidor going into Chase Field, how will it affect Goldie's and Owings' value? Paid do- paid money for Goldie, sell both. Let's answer that on on air here. I know we're doing well, hitters. The idea was that the, the humidor was for pitchers' grips, but it does it does affect things. However, I think if you look over at Colorado, is Colorado like San Diego now? <laughs> It's completely changed, man. No, I mean, the, altitude, it's, it's PNC. Altitude and temperature are are important. The humidor can only help keep the ba- balls a little bit soggier. So I don't. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't sweat it. I know people are worried about like Jake Lamb as well. Yeah, all all that sort of stuff. I say I would not worry personally. I guess if you're gonna worry about somebody, it would be Owings because he's the guy with the most fringe. Type power, right? You could just worry about him in general, right? Though, right? Yeah. Not necessarily because he of the might human just be overperforming. Like, well, what general. am I getting? Yeah, here? yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so there you go on on air live, like right as it came out. Question answered. I love it. Two more in the veteran resurgence that I'm going to pair together. Ivan Nova and Jason Vargas. We're seeing some changes. We actually talked about this. You and I did uh, in the preseason that I and I kind of obviously I, f- I still feel this way because it's happening even more thought that there was like a and it's tough to quantify like a, a confidence boost mm-hmm. for nova based on the way he was pitching like that he's not afraid at all to come in the zone and he is just going after batters because the consequences aren't as as terrifying as they were in yankee stadium and the rest of the al beast and you saw it right away with Pittsburgh, a 48% zone rating up from 42% with the Yankees last year and, and never above 45%. This year it's at 51%, Jeez. 67% first pitch strikes. Like anti uh, Yeah, he exactly. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> Strikeouts aren't there. You know, He doesn't get swing strike rate or anything like that, 7%, 16%, uh, 17% um, strikeout rate, 7% swinging strike. 0.8% walk rate. He's walked one guy. One guy. I mean, it's it, it's working. I mean, things are working right now. 150 ERA, 0.75 whip. Now, when it doesn't work is when they jump on you, they get some hits. That happened today. Ten hits, four runs, five strikeouts, no walks, and six innings. But, but he struck out five guys in six innings. That was good. And he didn't walk exactly a single guy, so are, no, that didn't turn into six or seven runs, right? Exactly. And if those are the... If those are kind of the bad starts, yeah. I'll take that all day. I might I'm going to get a lot of sevens and it. one, I think. Yeah, that might have been wrong. I, I love Nova, and I, I, I'm i moving him up from where I already had him. I already had him higher mm-hmm. than, than a lot of folks, and I got a lot of investments. I mean, I don't think he gets up to the that Michael Granke level, but you know, I think he's a solid. I agree with that. Solid three four, and he's much better than the other two names on this on this uh, or the other name on this list. Got Jason here. Vargas, yeah, who I'm has made some changes. What, I mean, what are these changes that people talk about? They're talking about his changeup being better, but I don't see that it's changed. I don't. What is different about his changeup? I think no, I don't even think that it's changed. I think his changeup is being made to look better based on the fastball usage that he has. Ah. He's changed his fastball usage, um, coming in with it a lot more and kind of using the uh, the effective velocity using and the four seamer more again. The changeup is so good that it is it is being played up by this improvement in the fastball, and I think we started to see it last year. Um, and he was cut short; he only had a few starts. I think it was at the end of the year, coming off of Tommy John. But I, I really think there are some changes in kind of the way that he's he's approaching batters. I wrote about it 
couple weeks back saying that you know there there is something here to get the swing and miss that he's got i think that um he's keeping hitters off balance enough between the fastball and the changeup that he's actually getting some legit swings and misses so i'm with you that i'm not fully buying it in terms of uh you know jason vargas is somebody i want to have in all all formats blindly i am monitoring it start to start but even after that first rough start against uh the white Sox. I wasn't jumping off. I didn't think it was so bad that you have to jump off. Once, once he's if the swing and miss goes down with Jason Vargas, that's when I'll start to, to back away. But until that that fades, I, I'm I'm standing by. And, and he does have the one start where it did go away, which was that White Sox start, four percent swing strike rate, but eighteen percent, fourteen percent, ten percent, sixteen percent in the four starts before that. And so, I don't know. I think when you see the strikeout rate like this, there is something with Vargas. I think there's also an intangible thing here where he's at risk of being traded. Uh, the Royals are now the Royals are now considering trading Terrible. Kelvin Herrera, and which they could uh, fetch a mint for Joaquin Soria. And if those guys are on on Lokane. the huh, I said Joaquin. they should trade Locane too. Oh. No, they should trade Locane as well. Lorenzo Cain. Sorry. sorry, my wife gets super mad because I used to call. Uh, uh, the the actor, Joe Aiken. Oh, what Joaquin Phoenix? <laughs> Joe Aiken. What'd you call him? I used to call him. What the hell did you call him? Joe Aiken. Joe Aiken. <laughs> That's its own name. Come on down it's to like Joe Aiken's Brady, boots. Brady Aiken's we'll get you brother. set up right now. <laughs> anyway, Who the hell's Joe Aiken? Vargas. Vargas to me is. Uh, I'll take his depth charts number three nine eight one two seven. Okay, that's fine. It's all, useful. All I, but yeah, Nova's Nova's better. Everybody we've talked about today is better so far, except I for maybe I would I would probably slot him ahead of. You hate Corbin. You hate Corbin. Corbin. <laughs> I knew it. I and knew probably it. maybe Corbin even Anderson. So maybe even Anderson. Okay, so um, I'm I'm with you though when you said the three nine eight. Like the 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 bottom line that I came to in my piece was I'm going to give him some credit. He's a four eleven ERA guy, but I think maybe he can hold a mid threes, which would be a career best. Like I think the upside is like a three sixty, which would be a career best. So three ninety eight is is a stone's throw away from that. It's just not that big of a difference. You monitor somebody like this, and if you start to see the wheels fall off and he's not getting the swing throughs. Then you, then you jump off board. But right now, I think you got a little something with Vargas that you can hang on to. All right, you know, quick hitters here. These are the three veteran guys who they just don't have skill changes. Now, there might be some approach changes, and I would have to investigate them. But I'm not seeing anything on the surface or even in the secondary numbers that says there's real changes to Irvin Santana, Mike Leake, and even Derek Holland, who I think had a good start today as well. Um you feeling anything on either of these three here that says this is different and not just a good run from quality, you know, legitimate major league starters, but not studs. Well, I, I like the Santana version that has this change up. Um, so I'm actually, I will take urban Santana of the group and I, I definitely will. And I think that I would, I would, uh, if you were regressing him going forward, because obviously you would, because he has a point six zero point six six ERA. Eh, I actually think that holds. I'm not gonna lie. I think that that. I, I think you that, could regress him there. I think you regress him a little bit to what he did last year: three three eight ERA. You know, one two two. That's whip, you know. 
what I don't maybe get is, even you make him make him like a three five guy. You know, I, I think ever since he's come up with this change, he's actually had the ability to suppress the home runs. He had a real home run rate problem early in his career because he was fastball slider. Yes, forcing you know? the top of the zone, and when he yeah. missed, it could just get crushed. Why was nobody in on him? Like he didn't get any. Uh, well, I think there was probably the suspension made people nervous. Um, okay, but and I don't know. I, and they I, probably I still think of him as fastball slider as like a low rent Pineda in a way because he doesn't have that same velocity, uh, and he does. I don't know necessarily think he has way better command than Pineda, but he has better command than Pineda, and you know I think he believes in his changeup a little bit more. <laughs> he believes in his changeup a little bit more. Uh, pitches in a better park for it. Uh, it's not an amazing park, but it's a better park. Uh, I put him 68th coming into the season, and it was 99, 70, 79, 85, 78 for the rest of the group. I didn't think I was being like overly high as like the Santana guy. I just, I don't know. He's a really solid mid-rotation major league starter, which means you got some solid use for 189 or 180 to 200 innings as a, uh, you know, as a fantasy guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think even if I think the the projections going over four is a little bit much for me anyway. So even if you say he's a three seven five one point three guy, that's we've been talking about that guy as being at least in the seventies and sixties in terms of rankings going forward, being useful in all leagues. So um, maybe you know me? not a shallow ten. I probably wouldn't use him. And you know if it's a shallow, you got to ride it out, right? Yeah, maybe with, with Santana right now, you got to ride it out if you got him in the ten because he's just been so good. But, but it's probably not. What's the jump off? Like point? a type top fifty? I think I would probably make him like a sixty sixty five guy. That's um, that's fine. And uh, and you know it, there's a, there's more there I think than Mike Leake in terms of in terms of adjustments and reasons to believe uh, what's happening. Mike Leake is still fastball cutter. And then he'll throw some other stuff just to keep people off balance, but it's kind of fastball cutter, uh, which is a little bit, a little bit of a weird um, type of combo. Yeah, it's a weird combo to bet on. I mean, how many other guys are you yes. going to bet on that are fastball cutter and and maybe some other pitches? <laughs> yeah, so. I don't know. Let me hit you with this on leak with regards to like, oh, is this some great? beginning of something amazing last year in may may 10th to may 31st he had five starts 34 innings of a 159 era uh, he's got 33 innings right now of a 135 era like he does this he has he has runs of of you know just really good outings um i that's just last year i i feel confident that i can find a, a damn near similar run in just about every year that he's been in the majors because Mike Leak again is a solid, you know, maybe fringe three, great four, depending on how you want to classify major league starters. But he's a very capable major league starter. And to start thirty five times or thirty two times a year, you gotta have like twenty plus good ones. Twenty fifteen, April nineteenth to May eleventh, five starts, thirty seven innings of a one forty six ERA. He does this, dude. He does yeah. this. That same season, June 3rd to June 24th, 33 innings of a 245 ERA. The very next start. Oh, this is great. This is so weak. This is what you guys are headed for, by the way. May 27th, before that run started, five innings, six runs. Then he has the run of, of five starts with a 243 ERA. The very next start, four innings, seven runs. Like, it's coming for leak. If you need to jump off this this ticking time bomb because a six or seven earned run outing is coming. It's all it's hard. It's all like nothing that's changed. Ninety ninety one with him, and yeah, 
Yeah. It's the same velocity band. Like he's just having a good run. He's a solid major league starter. But if you think he's fixed his home run issue all of a sudden, you're crazy because there's nothing to suggest that he has. There's no pitch mix change. There's literally zero pitch mix change from last year. It is, you know, when you do rounding, it is the exact same percentages. 48, 9, 27, 5, 9. And that's fastball, slider, cutter, curve, change. Yeah. So I'm just not in on it. And I don't see it. What about Derek Holland? I don't see a change with him either. He's thrown the, the breaking balls more, but um, the changeup still sucks. And uh, this is this is this is Derek still? Holland. No, this is Derek Holland. Oh, okay. So Holland, uh, let me let me give you some info on him first before you go in. Uh, he had actually a really good start today against the Royals, though. Are we are we saying like Royals starts are are kind of like they, obviously they matter because they count, but like they're not. You got to take some juice out of them. Is that where we're at right now with the Royals because they're so bad? Who's that? The Royals. What about Do you? Have to take some juice out of starts against them. Oh. Oh, like play, play. Oh, you mean as in like they're not as there's not as uh, uh, like don't get too hyped because yeah. Derek Holland went six and two thirds, two bit. runs, one earned, seven strikeouts against. I mean, I, I wasn't even going to go there. I was just going to say that you know, in terms of what he's done, um, you know, go ahead. He's uh, uh, he's not um, impressed me with any changes to to his resume. You know, um, he, he's he's thrown the change. 12% of the time, it's nice confidence in a pitch that looks exactly like his four-seamer and, uh, and uh, doesn't have a good velocity gap. So I just don't, I don't, I don't believe in that changeup. I, when I watch him, I don't believe in the changeup. He has supposedly in a slider and a curve, but I just wrote this whole piece about Robbie Ray and how Robbie Ray, uh, the, the difference between a slider and curve is not that amazing um, in terms of movement. So, you know, where do you... Where do you place that line? Where do you say this is a slider and this is a curve, and this he has two distinct pitches, or he kind of has a group of breaking balls? You know, it, it all goes back to that Shane Green conversation where it's like, oh, he has a cutter, a slider, and a curve, you know, and uh, or does he? Or does he? Right? And I even had a conversation with Granky where I mentioned that, and he said, or does are they really all three good pitches? And I was like, I I don't know, I don't, you know, and it, then it turns out maybe not. So. Uh, with Ray, I think it's 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 decent. It, it, what I found was like Jimmy Nelson level uh, on the lower end, but on the lower end of qualified starters who do throw a slider and a curve. You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. uh, on the lower end of successful was Robbie Ray. And I think you still have to factor in that he has great velocity for a lefty uh, and the slider is really good. So, you know, what I mean? so it's like, um, you know, better than Jimmy Nelson. Right. Which is is good. You know, it's fine. Derek yeah, Holland, absolutely. The difference between his slider and curve are even less than Jimmy Nelson and Robbie Ray, who had the least difference between their sliders and curves. I mean, listen to this: the difference between them combined is two inches and three miles per hour. It's just, wow. it's really tiny. It's two inches of drop, three miles an hour Nothing. difference. I mean, that's I think the same pitch. And uh, to wit, <laughs> to wit. Um, if you look at him throwing the curve to righties, normally a lefty throwing a curve to righties might get a reverse platoon split where the righties wouldn't love to see that pitch. And so you could say, oh, slider curve. The curve is a changeup. It works. Uh, they hit more home runs off his curveball than off of any pitch he's thrown. Oh, wow. So that says to me it's really just a slider. Maybe he has one with a little bit more depth and a little bit, you know, a little bit harder one. But there's not much difference, and he, that basically still renders him a two-pitch pitcher. So uh, I don't really believe in Derek Holland. 
<laughs> that was a long question. I don't either. And I don't have anything to add. No, no, that, that, that covers it, man, because I don't, I don't see it. Yeah. I just don't see it. I don't really have anything to add. And I think that that's a perfect place to wrap up. So um, one question about Santana, because you did give him a little bit of love. Are you putting him over the, the Corbin Anderson Triggs group? Who's that? Uh, Santana? Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd put him right with Triggs, probably ahead of maybe ahead of Triggs. I think, yeah, ahead of Triggs. I okay. think that's probably you're you're in my sixties, and then Anderson um, and Corbin. Anderson's probably like seventy five ish, and then Corbin's probably in the eighties. Okay, so all useful pitchers, depending on the league. But if we're talking about uh, mixed league pitchers uh, that you want, I think the list ends somewhere around Triggs. Okay. All right, you know, well, Holland is going. very last. I'm, I'm going to give him Holland about 105. <laughs> you're like you're not even putting Holland on the list. <laughs> I, I don't think you're I not, put you, a bid on him in AL only. So <laughs> you put you put Doug Fister on the list just in case he comes back ahead of Holland. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah. kidding. Um, you know, we got to wrap up. You got to get out. You got work. Taekwondo. Got to take the kids to gotta Taekwondo. Type, you got to finish your your Cinco de Mayo piece for for October tomorrow. Have a little fun. Uh, you and I'll be back in a week. Don't know what topic we're talking about, but we will be back. Have a good one, bud. Yeah, thanks for listening.